When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast. Thank you very much for choosing to spend your time with me. And if you're new to the community, welcome, welcome. And if you're coming back, I really appreciate that you choose to spend your time with me. I am really excited to share this episode with you. This is a conversation with me and my oldest son, Alex. For those of you who have also dealt with and struggled with children who have addiction, I hope that you can hear in his story his own personal journey and his soul recovery and where he has been and where he has come to all on his own. I hope you'll find some inspiration in it. The last episode, I promised that I was going to have Alex on the show, and I am so blessed and thankful that he has joined me from Zoom on California. Say hi, Alex. Hey. If you don't know my son, Alex, he is 25 years old. He and my younger son, Bodhi, moved to California in the pandemic, and he is a major part of the story. So if you go back and listen to the podcast, you're going to hear a lot about my sons and our journey together. And so I really wanted to update you on what's going on with Alex, because many of you have come to me and responded that my story with him has really touched you and resonates with you. So you know that my deal is letting go of control. And so as my kids moved to California and have had their own experience, I have watched them both blossom. 
So I want to let Alex tell a little bit of his story because you know from my podcast that he had a really hard time when he was growing up and went through a lot of difficulty and is an addict and has the genetics of addiction and has been dealing with that as well. So Alex, why don't you just jump in and give a little story about you and what's been going on with you? I don't really know where to jump in. I don't really know kind of where to start off, but I've just really been out here living my best life recently. And I feel like transitioning and almost evolving in a way into the best version of myself that I can be. And it's felt amazing. And I've, uh, I just, I don't know, I've, I've never felt this good. I've, it's been a long time since I've felt this good in a, in a really pure sense of the term. So we spent October together last year when we went to our Halama, California beach trip, and then we spent Christmas together. And at both of those events, you talked about what alcohol was doing for you and that it was starting to be a problem for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I was mainly using it just kind of as an escape along with the other things in my life that I thought were big pieces of my life and that I enjoyed, but were really just things that were taking me away from what I really truly did enjoy. Um, and ways of just kind of escaping reality. And it definitely, for me, being an addict and an alcoholic, affected my day-to-day. And it took me off of my, my path and the path that I wanted to be on. And that's why when I say right now I'm living my best life and I'm, I'm where I want to be and I'm evolving is because I've realized how much, at least for me personally, how alcohol affects me in a negative way more than it does in a positive way. Mm. And I've probably had four occasions maybe since the first of the year that I've drank for the which most is, part right now. Which is huge because you were a daily drink a lot drinker, right? Oh, I mean, in addition- oh, 100%. Yeah, we have a kegerator at work. I'd be drinking four, five, six beers a day at work and then going home and drinking you know, tequila or buzz balls or whatever we had on deck at, at the house. And that was just, yeah, that was how it was. And then every weekend we'd get hammered and it's just part of our life. So when you moved to California, that was probably the lowest of your adulthood. You had broken up with your girlfriend. You and dad had had a big fight. You were really lost. You went to California with a one-way ticket, not knowing what was going on. And what I've shared in the podcast is that this separation that we had of you being able to heal from whatever was going on also meant that you had to allow yourself just to be. And to what you said to me was you just were slowly releasing the past and slowly letting go of the trauma that you'd had growing up in an alcoholic home and being an addict and the things that you dealt with. But at the same time, you weren't ready to let go of the addiction yet because it was still your solution. Is that a good way to say it? A hundred percent. That's a very good way to say it. And I just hadn't because addiction is addiction. And it's not like I just, you know, gave it up and just was like, all right, I'm done. You know, I'm good. You know, I still have these feelings. I still feel this pain, but I definitely over time was able to work on dealing with trauma and dealing with negative feelings without just pushing them down and without just make just, Cause that's what I used to do is just pretend like that shit wasn't there and just not because it hurts. You know, you don't want to f- feel those feelings. You don't feel that hurts. You just push them away. You drink, you watch TV, you do drugs, you do whatever you want to do. But now, you know, I try to 
feel the feelings, but not dwell on it. And mm-hmm. I've taken my addiction from being addicted to alcohol or being addicted to drugs to being as silly as it sounds addicted to going to the gym and addicted to, you know, running and exercise and doing things that, you know, are positive in life that still give you that same release, give you dopamine, give you everything that you can ask for, but it's more of like a natural high. And it's something that I never, and I always thought was funny or stupid that I was, you know, when people talk about it, I was like, yeah, haha, but you know, but you know, everybody finds it in their own way. And here I am in my 25th year of life. And I finally starting to realize how eating healthy and exercising and taking care of yourself really can give you what you need. What I love about your story, Alex, is when you came at Christmas and there, when we were in California in October, you were overweight and you were feeling pretty like you, you know, you were happier in California and you were relieving yourself from letting go of the trauma, but there was still this grip on you of your addiction. And what I, what I want to impress is that over the last two years, while you've been gone, I've been doing my soul recovery work and I have not been hounding you about being better. And for a lot of people, this is their journey is what do you do with a child that's suffering? What do you do with a child that you can see that you wish would pick up the reins of recovery or whatever it is? And, and I would love for you to speak on how it felt for your parents to not be on your ass all the time and what that was like. And so then at Christmas, something happened where you made a decision that you were going to just try sober January. And completely on your own, you discovered this new way to find a different solution because we have to have a solution. But talk a little bit about what it's like to have parents who are sometimes over-controlling and how that was for the letting go and how that helped you on your journey to find yourself. At least for me, growing up, it was really hard because any I feel like for a lot of people, just being told what to do just sometimes is just isn't what you want. You know, everybody needs to figure it out for themselves. You learn from your mistakes. So if someone's barking at you to do one thing, you're going to be like, hey, no, I'm going to do this. Sometimes even if even if it's something silly, but it really for what you're I think for what you're talking about, there's just something about being on your own and learning from your own mistakes. that's really powerful. And even seeing things for me, like I had what helped me like want to quit drinking and what started the whole me quitting because the biggest the biggest thing that changed my life was when I quit smoking cigarettes and I stopped drinking and I'm not hundred percent sober, but you know, I really don't drink very often. And it's just seeing things in my life for myself, like seeing people that I cared about or seeing things, you know, with either whether it be roommates or friends or people you work with, you can start to see things like that affect relationships, how drinking affects relationships and how, People are different when they drink versus when they don't. And I started to really see that and how powerful that was. And that had a big impact on me as well as just drinking and making mistakes in my life and doing things and feeling ways that I just didn't want, didn't like feeling. And it just got to a point where I just constantly felt the same way. And I just, I thought that I was doing what I really wanted to do. And I thought, you know, you, you guys, parents always tell you, do this, eat healthy, don't play too much Xbox, don't drink, and you just take it all for granted. And you're like, uh, shut up. Like, you know, I want to have fun and enjoy my life. But when it really comes down to it, at least for me, I can play all the video games I want and watch all the TV I want and get as drunk as I want. It just 
didn't feel like enough. I still was unhappy. And I guess that's what it took. And it just took me realizing it for myself and wanting it for myself rather than doing it because someone else was telling me to do it. And I don't know if that's a really very good way of explaining it or anything. It's a great way to explain it. I mean, what what I feel happened is that you guys made a house packed that you would not drink for January and you did something completely on your own. And this is the part that I think is what I want to impact on the listeners, which is you having that space to do things for yourself. You started saying, I want to work out, but I don't really have any money. So I did support and say, Hey, I go to planet fitness. It's only $22 a month. And you on your own found it. And you on your own went and registered for it. And I didn't hound you or call you or ask if you were going or not. And as a matter of fact, I needed to work out. So I was like, oh, we could we could do this together. And I went one time and you started going every day. <laughs> and what I love is how you exchanged the addiction of drinking and video games to something else that was better for you and immediately it hooked and something in you changed. That's yeah. That's a very good way of putting it. One of the things that I remember you saying that I felt was really profound, Alex was after it was probably a month that you'd been working out. So it's not like a huge changes were happening in your life, but you had quit eating fast food. You'd quit smoking. You weren't drinking any soda. You weren't having any sugar. And you told me that you were running and doing workouts for three hours a night. And you said, I feel like I woke up. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. I still feel that way. And it's it's pretty profound. Yeah. So when I do cardio, I try to run. I either run or bike like eight miles per session, eight to 10 miles per session. I try to fluctuate it a little bit. And so between doing cardio and lifting and doing HIIT workouts, high intensity training, but between doing all that, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty heavy sessions at the gym but it's just something about that mixed with giving my body real nutrition i've worked out before you know but back in the day you know i'd go to the gym and not know what the hell i was doing lift a couple weights and just wasn't doing it right but i'm sticking to a schedule going six days a week and really feeling my body eating greens eating good proteins complex carbs taking supplements like treating my body the way it deserves to be treated and I'm seeing the results and it just feels amazing. And I definitely feel like I woke up and every, like I was saying in the beginning, every day, it just gets better and better every day. Like I, I walk Rio, Rio is my dog that I have out here. And, you know, I don't know if you've talked about Rio on the, I don't know if I've talked about Rio, but Alex and Bodhi share a little dog named Rio. And she's she's the sweetest little puppy ever. And we go on walks every single day. And uh, I don't know. It's I've just like it's just a feeling I haven't felt in years. Where it's just something about walking and being out in the sunshine. And it's just I feel grateful. And it just feels like like life just feels enjoyable again, rather than it's feeling like I was just it was passing me by, and feeling like it was just repetitive. And every day was just another day. And feeling like I don't know. That's just how I would feel constantly. I mean, it's my depression and my anxiety definitely mixed in there, but I just kind of felt like I was surviving, you know, and now I feel like I'm thriving. Well, and you got a promotion at work. You showed up at work in a new way and they saw it and what had been kind of dangled out there for you as a potential 
came to fruition because you're showing up in a different way with everybody in your life. Do you think that's true? And I owe it all to the ch- these changes I've made, like gen- genuinely. And the first thing, what started it all was that sober January, going the first 30 days without drinking. During that, I also was not smoking cigarettes. And what stopped stopped that whole thing too was I saw some video or something on social media and it was some crazy thing that said, uh, if you don't change the pattern today, it will repeat tomorrow or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that, it kind of stuck with me. And then the crazy thing about it was the next day went to woke up and went to driving to work and I was out of cigarettes. I had, hadn't bought a pack cause I was a pack a day smoker and I usually bought them the night before cause I'd always run out and I hadn't bought them the night before. And so I didn't have any that day. And I remembered that video. And so usually I'd go on my nine o'clock break and go get a pack, but I didn't. And I was like, if I can make it through today, then I can change the pattern. And I did that. And now here I am. I think, what am I at? Five months. Five months without a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Feels, feels amazing. I don't even think about it anymore. So is everybody uh, else in the house sober with, mostly sober with you? Uh, that's a negative. That's a negative. So I want to point that out because you are still surrounded by young people who are still doing their thing. And, you know, we don't talk that often. I have really tried to let the boys have their own life. And so when I do talk to them, it's an absolute blessing and gift, but I'm not checking in all the time. And what I love to hear is how excited you are to cook your food and you're going to your workouts and you're doing your thing, even though the people around you are not on the same healthy kick that you are. Not even close. They're drinking tequila and eating McDonald's and I am not. And it feels good. That's awesome. It really is amazing. And I think one of the things that I love about it is that this was you, that you did this by yourself on your own and made these choices. And I've, I've also shared in the podcast that it doesn't mean that we hang our hat on it and say, oh, good, like, this is it. Everything's going to be perfect. You shared with me before we started recording that you still are having some of your anxiety issues, but you can handle it different. Yeah, rather than it being like crippling, I mean, maybe crippling is kind of an extreme word, but rather than it being something that's like, I just can't shake, you know, a whole day or like brings me down. It's just kind of something that, you know, I'll wake up feeling a little anxious and then I have my ways of between eating healthy, stretching, doing a little bit of yoga, a little meditation, there's healthy ways that I've recently developed of helping me kind of get through that and, you know, take a hold of my day and take a hold of my mind and just be happy. I love it. Not dwell on the negative things because life's too short for that. We've talked about what I talk about in soul recovery, which is You don't want to be denying the past. You don't want to be pushing it down. You don't want to be not feeling your feelings, but we've talked a lot. And I think you're practicing the part that is, there was a lot of heavy, yucky shit back there. So why continue to bring it up, to rehash it, to have that define who you are? Because what I recognize in you that has been the transformation that I feel is the spiritual transformation is the letting go of that and the redefining who you are and making that, claiming that for yourself of who you are and who you want to be. 
Yes. And the best version of that person. And the best version of that person. That's kind of the biggest thing that I've been focusing on is just loving myself Mm. because I deserve to be loved, you know? And for a long time, I was like, struggled with like, oh, you know, you have your insecurities. Like, do these people like me? Is this like, am I good enough? Blah, 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 all that shit. And none of that shit matters. It just matters whether you love yourself. And it took me a long time to, you know, fully accept that. But, and that not only goes for how I think about myself, but it's also how I speak about myself and how I feed my body, how I treat my body. It's everything. It all connects. It's all interlocked. I don't, I don't know the right word, but those are the right words, interconnected and intertwined and interlocked. I've just been putting all my energy instead of wasting it on silly things that don't matter, basically, and drinking and, you know, there's times to party and I'm not over here advocating to not, you know, so sobriety is amazing, but, you know, I I'll have a drink or two on a special occasion for a friend's birthday or for a holiday or something like that. But for me, I just feel like there's a time and place and I'm just working on doing the best thing for myself and it's overwhelming at times. And I definitely get overwhelmed a lot and I'm new to this whole fitness thing and nutrition and everything, but I just take it one day at a time. And basically how I'm treating it is just each moment. I just do what is the best thing I can be doing in in that moment. And so far it's the last five months have been great. And like you were saying, I got a promotion and a raise and I'm about to be moving into the master bedroom where I'm living, which is awesome. And I'm taking ownership because like you said, Rio's me and Bodhi's shared dog, but he's about to do some big life changes and be traveling a lot. So I'm going to be primary caretaker of our puppy. And I'm just very excited about all these changes that have happened in these last few months, just since I've decided to just do it and just be there and just show up which I wish I would have done back when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And that was your journey. And that was your experience. This is soul recovery. You know, soul recovery is about the spiritual transformation, the internal transformation. The only love that matters is the love you have for yourself. And there wasn't a day that I didn't tell you that I loved you, but for whatever reason, Early on in your life, it didn't go into you the way that I wished that it had. And so to know that you love yourself and that you care about yourself in such a profound way to me today is the greatest gift that I could ever have. It's the greatest blessing. If you were to give any advice to other parents out there who have kids who are addicts and struggling, what would you say to them, Alex? I'd say to just give your kids space to be who they are. And it's not like, you know, don't be involved, but be there for them. Tell them you love them, but don't be overbearing. You know, you gotta, you gotta give them space to make their own mistakes and figure it out for themselves because that was just a huge thing for me. But at the same time, it's like having that support system and knowing you're loved is a huge, huge thing. And I was lucky to have that for sure. But yeah, I'd say my one big thing is just letting people make their own mistakes because as much as it sucks to see someone else that you love making a mistake, you know, that's really the only way to learn. You can tell someone a thousand times that the stove is hot, but it's not until they touch it for themselves and realize it's hot and they get a burn that they're going to remember that the stove is hot. Right. Yeah. Great advice. You know, sometimes 
I would remind myself that I wasn't sober and emotionally sober until I was in my forties. And so the fact that both you and your brother are having these spiritual awakenings and are so much more emotionally awake than I was at those same ages, it's only up from here. You know, it's only unlimited potential of your own making. And I can feel that you feel that now. And that's a gift. Yeah, I'm very happy with everything that is going on right now. Alex is sitting across from me on the Zoom, and I can see this tattoo that I bought for him years ago, and it's prayer hands over his heart with prayer beads that are about his grandmother. And I see a man who feels good about himself, who is happy, and whose light is shining brightly. And I couldn't be more proud, Alex. Thanks, Bob. I love you. I love you too. I really appreciate your willingness to share and let the listeners know what's going on with you and to feel the hope of how hard it can be to have a child that's struggling. And again, we can't hang our hat on our recovery, our soul recovery. We have to individually take our responsibility for ourselves. And I take responsibility for myself to live my best life. And I pray for you to continue on this journey because it's beautiful to see. And I appreciate you very much. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate you too. Thanks for listening. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real interchange and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.